Um, Giannis is Nigerian. That is him developing into the physical <laughs> specimen that he is. is I'm, I'm going to be honest here. He's, he, he's, he's Nigerian. It's a little bit different. Chet is not Nigerian. He does not have those genes. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to turn into the physical specimen that Giannis is. Now, I do think that he can develop into a Giannis as far as his skill set goes, but he's he's not going to be um, as much of a physical force as Giannis has turned into. Opulent Inventory, our proud partners here on the show. From iPhones to MacBooks to Apple TV to Apple Watches to trade-ins and much more, now you can have the Apple product of your dreams. Visit Opulent Inventory on opulentinventory.com and on Instagram. My guy Nash and Gardy are the very best in the game to provide you the Apple product of your dreams. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome, back here inside Studio Z, the Sebi Podcast Radio Show, live and streaming here only on WNSC Radio. This is season four, episode eighteen of our great show. Myself, my ride partner, Michael Gray, of course, from no longer DMV but tri-state area, back at it again. Very, very hot, ninety-four degrees evening here on my end down south here in Orlando. But my ride partner up north, Mike, how you feeling, my man? Doing good, man. I'm down here in the DMV right now. It's, 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 it's pretty smooth out here too, man. It's all good. How about you? Doing good. We doing well out here, out here in the Sunshine State. But, of course, we got ourselves a returning guest tonight. You know, none other than Chef Boyardee himself. You know, July 4th finest, the, the cook man, the cookout man out there in the Midwest. My guy, Adam Francisco from... Of course, the Suave Report, the Suave Man himself. Pleasure to have you back on, my man. Man, thank you for having me back on. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. So first off, let's talk about, you know, July 4th. And um, obviously not for the right reasons. But, of course, uh, you know, you, you one of your favorite holidays because, you know, you throw down on the grill. Are, are you really that good? Because, you know, I've I seen a little clips here and there on your stories uh, some some things you chef up on the grill. So talk to me about that. Not gonna lie, man. I'm nice on the grill, but I'm nicer on the smoker. There's a difference. Uh, um, yeah. So on the fourth, uh, yesterday I actually hopped on the smoker and uh, started about eight a.m. Ended at about five p.m. Nice slow cook for everything at about two hundred five degrees, two hundred uh, like between two hundred and you know two twenty five. Make sure the, you know, uh, stuff is moist. So, uh, yeah, I'm nice with it. Definitely, definitely. Nice. 
Definitely, for definitely, sure. I'm have to try some. Sadly, I can't try some stuff. You know, I'm, I'm vegetarian, but I'm, I know Mike for sure would definitely have a gob with that. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm a vegetarian, man. I'm on that side. Man, how's that life treating you? It's you know what I, I, I dabble. I dabble sometimes. You know, I, I need a source of protein. You know, sometimes when I want to lift weights, I'll go to some salmon or and something like that, like a light meat. But uh, for the most part, it's, it's it's good. It's a journey. I'm not going to say it's for everybody because it isn't. You got to mentally be tough. Um, you know, you got to be disciplined enough to do something like that. But um, but it's tough, man. Mike and I, we, we've actually had some uh, some some trips and he's seen me <laughs> right there with no meat. He, he was asking the same thing. He's like, sir, you got no meat on your plate. <laughs> man, I, I, don't, I don't know how you do it, but I respect it. I honestly yeah. respect it. Like, I couldn't do it. It's tough. It's tough. It's not for everybody. It's it's not it's not for everybody there as well. But we ain't really come and talk about grilling or food. We wanted to talk about what you do best, and of course that is thunder talk. That is talks about the Oklahoma City Thunder. I want to date back to obviously draft night, um, where I've always said that Sam Presti knows what he does when it comes to drafting picks, dating back to Kevin Durant in 07, Russ in 08, Harden in 09. You look at the list of players that he's had from Jeff Green to campaign to uh, guys like Serge Ibaka to um, Terrence Ferguson. So when, 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 when Sam Presti picks, typically he hits jackpot or sometimes he gets it right. So I, I, I want to date back to, you know, draft night and, and kind of give me an overview of what he did. Obviously he took Chet where obviously Jabari was on the board and I, I thought he would go Jabari, but, a little bit of a of a you know surprise there where they were just sold and and just stayed pat and said Chet is our guy and that's the guy that they put, but they also got out went out and got Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, a guy that I really like, six six wing. You look at the NBA right now, that's where a lot of positionless basketball is going to. So when Sam Presti drafts, he typically drafts right. Talk to me about that and what the OKC Thunder did. Man, so personally, I really, I really, really wanted Paulo, but y'all got him. Um, I really wanted him. That was my number one guy. I think he's going to be the guy that's instantly going to be a star in this league. Um, but as I said before the draft, none of those three guys are going to be bust. All three of those guys are going to be NBA All-Stars, um, you know, barring uh, injury you know, or anything like that. Right. But – I really wanted Paulo, if not him, Jabari, uh, and Chet was my third guy. Uh, but the reason for that was, you know, he's he's seven foot one, seven foot two, 195 pounds. Um, I'm skinny myself. I'm six foot one, 185. So for me to only be 10 pounds lighter than him and a whole like literally 12 inches shorter alarms me. Because <laughs> it's not yeah. like I'm the biggest guy in the world. So I was worried about him, you know, um, going up against the Joel Embiid's and the Jokic's and guys like that down low because he really doesn't stand a chance. Mm -hmm. But um, what changed my mind on the draft pick and actually made me flip my entire opinion on that was Sam Presti drafting Jalen Williams, which he actually goes by, um, I think, I think he's Jay. Jay Will. So Jalen Williams from Santa Clara is J Dub. And oh, okay. Jalen Williams from um, Arkansas 
is Jay Will. That's how they said they like to be, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it. Right. But he's bigger. He is a traditional defensive big man. He's solid. I think he's about 6'10", 6'11". Uh, I think he came in at 248. Obviously, won't be a problem, you know, putting a little bit more weight on him. But his NBA comp was Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. And um, if if that's true, that's exactly what the Thunder need. Because right now, not to call him soft, not to call the team soft, but... Do you need an enforcer. Yep. Yeah, like I can't think of one guy on that team that's going to really be that enforcer, be that guy. If something were to pop off, who's going to step up? Um, who's going to hold the paint down? We don't really have that guy yet. Darius Baisley's not that guy. Chet's just – I think Chet wants to be that guy and his mentality's in the right place, but he's just not – he doesn't have the frame for that. Um, what they did, though, is addressed Chet's um, shortcomings, which is that by drafting Jay Will. Uh, so now – um, Chet's not going to have to go one-on-one as much at least against uh, traditional big men he can be a help defender which is where he thrives so that's where the I think 3.7 blocks per game in college come from um, it's coming off the help side so um, now I actually love that draft pick uh, somebody mentioned the other day Chet reminds them of a white KD and I thought about it I really thought about it and coming out of college they're not too far off there. They're not, I think I don't think he's as good as Kevin Durant is, but looking at his basic skill set, he's a more defensive-minded Kevin Durant. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah, for yes. sure. We'll we'll get a chance to talk about Kevin Durant later. Ah. We're gonna talk about him later. Right. <laughs> that's a that's a good that's a that's a good way to put at it. I think Mike and I were talking about this, and I'm gonna go to you, Mike. Um, we had a prior um, draft class that we were talking to with our with our guy Golan and we were saying maybe if he puts mass on him you know somebody told me that he could be Giannis right because he already mm-hmm. has the frame and he already got the size mm-hmm. he put masses on him because he already has a skill set he, he could develop as that I want to get your thoughts on that okay so I, I don't want nobody to take this the wrong way I actually uh said this on um a radio station out here in OKC on draft night I don't like that comparison as much um, I think his skill set could be a lot like Giannis. Um, but let's be real. Um, Giannis is Nigerian. That is him developing into the physical <laughs> specimen that he is. is I, I'm, I'm going to be honest here. He's, he, he's, he's Nigerian. It's a little bit different. Chet is not Nigerian. He does not have those genes. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to turn into the physical specimen that Giannis is. Now, I do think that he can develop into a Giannis as far as his skill set goes, but he's he's not going to be um, as much of a physical force as Giannis has turned into, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um, I've been wrong before, and I hope I am wrong. Hell, I hope he does turn into Giannis. But um, based on what I'm looking at, I just don't I just don't see it coming. Go ahead, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, Adam, we talked about enforcers earlier, and, and and I'm glad you brought up that point as far as this young OKC team. When you have young guys like this, a young core, a young nucleus, sometimes you need a, that enforcer, that veteran on that team to really galvanize the troops. Mm-hmm. You know, um, similar to how KG was with Minnesota or similar to how Paul Pierce was with the Washington Wizards. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like 
Derek Favors can be that somebody, or or do they need to add another piece to go with him? Okay, man, I I have an interesting uh, opinion slash relationship with uh, Derek Favors. Last year, I was critical of him because he didn't seem, to me, he didn't seem very invested. It didn't seem like he wanted to be there. Um, I know OKC wasn't really his choice. He came here so he could build his stock to get traded. It didn't work out that way. He didn't have the best year, and his stock went down. He's having to stay here in OKC. So I'm I'm really eager to see how he approaches this year, you know, now that it's clear he's going to be here. Yeah. Um, I'm, the quick answer to that is yes. Um, I do think he could be that guy because that's uh, who he was with Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just kind of depends on where his head is. Um, I do think his best years are already, you know, uh, past. He's, I think he's 31, 32. Um, and he's an older 31 or 32, if you know what I'm talking about. He's not a he's not a, or a LeBron or anybody like that. He's he's towards the end of his career. So I don't know how effective he'll be um, as far as the OKC's game plan goes. But when it comes to a guy that's just basically not going to let a Patrick Beverly or a, a Russ or a Draymond just punk his teammates, I think he could be that guy to kind of step in and be like, hold up, bro. You know what you doing? You ain't about to do that. To, you know, right. So, uh, the short answer to that is yes. OK. Definitely. Definitely. That for sure. I wanted to talk about the 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 the, the Jalen Dub guy, the Santa Clara guy, the guy that I'm really yeah. high on. What's your take on him? Um, people get didn't see a lot of him because he was in the West Coast uh, conference. Obviously, Chet was there. They both made first team All West Coast. Um, but this is a guy that scores 18.66. I think he he's an elite, a guy that can come in the NBA automatically and play defense, and that can be a three and D guy. But also ball handle. What's your thoughts about J Dub? J Dub is nice. I think he's going to end up being one of the steals of this draft. Um, mm-hmm. Nobody, uh, you know, exactly like you, you know, mentioned, nobody really has seen him play. But um, looking at his highlights and um, getting the chance to uh, talk to him in his, um, I guess, opening press conference, like a couple days after the draft, man, he's uh, he he has the right mindset. Let's just say that. And his favorite player is Kobe Bryant, my favorite player, too. So I'm automatically a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but he 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 has that same mentality, and in my opinion, if you have Kobe's mentality and even half the talent, just half the talent, give me half the talent with Kobe's mentality, you're going to work out very well in this league. Um, personally, I think his only I'm trying to think his only real weak spot to me is his footwork on the defensive end. He's, he's, he, he doesn't move laterally as well, uh, but I think that can improve. Uh, where it kind of scares me is I wouldn't want him on an island with Steph Curry. I wouldn't want him on an island with, you know, John Wall or uh, uh, Kyrie or, you know. Luca. Yeah. yeah. I definitely would, would, not, uh, would not want him on an island with anybody like that. Any shifty, smaller point guard that could get real – real dangerous real quick, but um, I think he can guard like two to four, which the Thunder needs. Um, they got Dort, and then they don't really have anybody else. So 
Um, defensively, I think he could end up being a good perimeter defender, but you don't want to see him on anybody's point guard. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. What about um? Uh, it's just it's so it's so many young players. You got you got Lou Dort. Lou Dort just signed his extension this um uh, this past week. His uh his uh, contract extension to stay with the team. Um, I love the tenacity and the the efficiency that he plays with on both sides of the ball. And he's been he's a, he's becoming a much improved offensive player. How how far do you think he can take his game? Can he can he can he go further, even further? Have we we haven't even come close to reaching the ceiling of Lou Dort, have we? No, we've not. We've really not. Um, I'm a real I'm a real big fan of Lou Dort. Actually, it's not just because he's Haitian. Um, it's, <laughs> it's actually because I like um, I just like his game. Um, I like defensive players or defensive minded players. I was a defensive minded player. That's what got me to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know he he does a good job of getting to the basket, and he improves in a different area every like it seems like every year he improves on something and i like that you know his biggest flaw when he first got into the league was that he couldn't finish around the basket all right um last year when he played um because i think he i mean he was hurt quote unquote or you know press was just tanking uh for like half the season uh, but when he played, he was one of the best finishers around the rim. So he went from being literally the worst to one of the best within one season. Um, we really don't know what his ceiling is. That's what is um, scary is that nobody really knows. I mean, Presti even said it. I don't really know how good he can be. But based on how good he is right now, He's obviously uh, well to me. He's worth all the um, eighty-seven point five million that he's mm-hmm. getting, um, and I think he could easily turn into. I'd say his ceiling is like a Marcus Smart, maybe a little yeah. bit better offensively, but a Marcus Smart type of player. Yeah, uh, hopefully he can get his shot on the same level as Marcus. But um, yeah, I really like him. And yeah. Marcus had to work on that too over time, you know. Yeah. So. Definitely, yeah. definitely there for sure. Oklahoma State guy. I always got to rep that. I, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, 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 with AAU. Oh, <laughs> yep. That, that, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about OKC because they've got all these picks, all these um assets for – they're probably set with assets. I think it's it's a whopping, what, 15 picks in the next uh, X amount of years. Um, what do you think Sam Presley is, uh, is trying to do? Is he trying to draft these guys to develop them? We know Oklahoma City is a great place to – has a great developmental um, system in their organization. Or is he kind of using these chips as bait to potentially lure somebody to Oklahoma City? Not really, you know, where free agents really want to go, but maybe a trade or, or, or maybe to bring back what, what the Thunder once had. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so um... – one thing I've learned in the eight years, this is starting my eighth, this start my ninth year covering the team, um, is I, I'm gonna stop acting like I know what Presti's thinking because every time I think I know what he uh, has up his sleeve, he does something completely opposite. But um, what I'm thinking he's trying to do, and what he's kind of alluded to, is that it's a little bit of both. Um, he's gonna draft what he can. But obviously, if 
um, a player pops up that he really, really wants. He just has a lot of leverage with these picks. Like if somebody pops up and he really, really wants them, or um, if this team uh, this year comes in, uh, possibly gets like a play-in spot, let's say, or hell, makes the playoffs, um, gets that like seventh or eighth spot. I could see him, you know, packaging three, you know, draft picks and getting that last piece to put them in that top three or four in the Western Conference. Um, he just has all the he, he has all the leverage in the world. That's what's crazy is nobody knows what the hell he's about to do because he has all the leverage in the world. He could uh, build through the draft over the next six seasons. He could use all those picks. Um, we'd be in a good position there. Or he could have one more really good draft class next year and then just spend like four of those and get a a um, LeBron James. Or, well, that's actually a conversation for later. But um, he could go get another high-level player. Let's just say that. He could get another high-level player after next season, um, after one more positive draft class like this one. You just really don't know. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Sure. Your thoughts, Mike? Where, where do you see the uh, – Adam, where do you see the future of Shea Gildas-Alexander? I know he signed a, a long-term extension. He signed his uh, five-year extension last season. However, there's been talks about him potentially being in trades these last couple of years. Do you see a long-term future with him in OKC, or is it a possibility he could be moved out somewhere? It's a definite possibility he could be moved out, and um, I've gotten that within the organization. Yeah. Um, last year, I actually got a lot of slack uh, for it last year. I got cussed out by a lot of fans and a lot of – People that have already, um, uh, what's the word, um, gotten attached to Shea, kind of like they got attached to KD and Russ. I'm seeing it happen again. But last year, last offseason, um, somebody within the organization told me that the Thunder would trade Shea for the right package. In my opinion, that was a really vague statement. Like, obviously, for the right package, you trade anybody, right? Yeah. yeah. So I didn't think I was even making, like, I, I didn't think I was breaking that much news, but people did not take that the right way. Like, they were like, you know, the Thunder are not trading Shea, blah, blah. I'm like, I didn't say they're going to trade Shea. I said for the right package, they were considering, which nobody's off limits. Um, but, yes, um, again, my short answer to that is yes. I do think um, – he could be used in a trade package down the line. Um, but it all depends on how Josh Giddy and yes. Chet develop. Um, Shay and Chet, or Shay and Josh play the exact same position. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, they're both traditional point guards. That's the thing. That's the issue. Mm -hmm. And neither one of them are aggressive enough to be a full-time shooting guard. Shay could be. We all know Shay could be one of the best. I mean, he could, in my opinion, um, two guard in the league if he changes his mindset, but he's not the most aggressive guy. He's kind of passive. He's a point guard. Um, he can get to the basket when he wants to. He can score when the heck he wants to. Uh, I think he shot like like 58%, something like that, from the field last year. I'm not sure. I, I don't have the stats right um, in front of me, but he was a very high uh, percentage shooter. He can get to the basket. He can score when he wants to but it's all about his mindset. And I don't think the Thunder want their shooting guard of the future um, to be passive. I think they want their shooting guard to be a killer. Um, so it really just depends on, A, 
how Josh Giddy develops and B, what um, Shay's mindset is moving forward. Um, are we going to see a more aggressive Shay this year, you know, looking to score more so than getting his teammates involved? Or are we going to see the uh, same Shay who's more uh, pass first? Okay. Definitely, definitely that for sure. No doubt about that. More Thunder Talks to come soon and also free agency talks with my man, Adam Francisco. Do not go anywhere. The Sebi Podcast Radio Show live and streaming here on WNSC Radio. And we're back here on the second segment here on the Savvy Podcast Radio Show, live and streaming here on WNSC Radio, streaming here in 18 different platforms worldwide. That is our brand. We're back here with Adam Francisco on Free Agency Frenzy. Free Agency Frenzy. Uh, it's crazy, Mike. We didn't even get a chance last time to talk about what happened, but I think it, it was after we recorded that that news dropped about Rudy Gobert getting this blockbuster trade to Minnesota. Yeah. Now, now before, before, before I do that, before I, I, I let you guys chime in on this, I just find it funny that uh, Katie and Kyrie is in the market right now and, and, and they're, they're in trade talks, right? And Rudy Gobert gets traded for not one, not two, not three, not four, but five picks and four of those, you know, first round picks. So in my head, I'm over here thinking... If Rudy Gobert got five picks, what the hell is it going to take to get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on a trip? So I, I I wanted to get that. That that was my initial thought. But I, I want to get your thoughts on, on both of you guys on how does that mesh in Minnesota and, and what is Utah getting back on, 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 on their end? Your thoughts on that? Yeah, to me, it's, it's a situation where um, it's, it's, it's about the contract that he's – He's under right now on top of, you know, obviously the value that he's created for himself uh, in Utah and on top of the fact that, um, yeah, yeah, he's at the, I think he's going to do well in Utah. This is Rudy Gobert in, 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 excuse me, in Minnesota is very interesting because it, when the when the game slows down, it's going to be hard to score on these guys. You know, when you have Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, that's solid, that's solid big man down in the paint. And obviously they have the offensive firepower on the outside to get it done but what they what they lacked was that rim protection that consistent rim protection from a from a solid big so what he does for them is going to be special i do like him uh more so in the playoffs a uh, regular season is going to be cool but his his impact and what he does as far as rim protecting rebounds catching lobs again to the paint that's really going to flourish and show in the playoffs when the game slows down i i, I do believe it was a great pickup for the minnesota timberwolves and it let the world the, the, the league know that they're uh, they're, they're going to be a team to be reckoned with, and on top of that, they uh, uh, the, those 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 picks that they got for them, they, it, it'll it'll reap the benefit more so in the playoffs. Yeah, and and and, and basically, Minnesota said that we're jeopardizing our entire you know future for this guy. So let's see yeah. if it pans out. Your your thoughts, Adam? All I got to say is, uh, when you play the Minnesota Timberwolves. You better have one hell of a perimeter game. Yep. 
scoring. <laughs> you are not scoring on them in the paint. Um, Carl Anthony Towns, to me, a lot of people have been critical of his defensive game, but he, to me, he's not that bad. Like he, he's not as good as I think he could be, because he's big and he's tall and he's fast and he can jump, but um, he's still a force in the paint defensively. And now he's paired up <laughs> with Rudy Gobert. That, I mean, that's you're not scoring on them in the paint. You're just not. Um, so I think that's going to present a huge problem to a lot of. Um, Western Conference teams that um, depend on, you know, scoring the paint. Um, it's going to be a problem for players like Russ, um, players like Shea, um, players like that that thrive in the mid-range. Well, from, from you know. Foul line down. In, yeah. I think they're going to create a huge problem. Um, again, you better know how to shoot because you're not scoring on them. Now, I do – um, think that Minnesota, uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but them losing Patrick Beverly is going to hurt more than we think. Um, he was the heart and soul of that team. He was the emotional leader of that team. Um, the problem with the Timberwolves is that they didn't take anything seriously um, until last year when they got Pat Bell, and we saw what they could be. Uh, we saw the potential. And I think that was because of Pat Ben. So um, I think they're going to miss that. Um, and I think Utah got a good one with Pat Ben. Interesting, interesting. Definitely there. So I, I hear what both of you guys are saying, but I'm looking at it from the other spectrum here. I, I think I think Utah won this trade. To me, I, I think Utah won this trade because – I, I don't I, – Rudy Gobert's a three-time defensive player of the year. There's no doubt about him. Excellent. One of, If not one of the greatest help side defenders ever, especially at the rim. Now, with that being said, he's not worth five first-round picks. That, that's, that, that goes without saying. That's to me. Uh, secondly, I do think Minnesota will be great in the regular season, but here's why I think they'll struggle in the postseason. When you play teams like Luka Doncic, like Steph Curry, you play guys, teams like LeBron James, John Moran, um, or, 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 or the Phoenix Suns with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, we know today's game is guard-oriented. So when the game slows down in the postseason, especially in the half court, and you're getting Chris Paul or Steph or Luka, they're getting mismatches on a switch and Rudy Gobert has to go out there and guard. Or, you know, Carl Anthony Towns has to go out there. Out of the perimeter, I think that's where they're going to struggle and have problems. I, I know everybody's falling in love with this trade. My thing is, is I don't think it will work long-term in the postseason because we've seen that Rudy Gobert is not really the best when he gets out of the paint and he has to guard Steph from 35 feet. Or he has to get a switch on Luka. Or Booker, because because Chris Paul, Booker, those guys that I've stated, they will do that. So that's my only yeah. concern for them. We saw my, that last year in the postseason when Jalen Brunson basically turned around that entire series. You, every time he had a switch on Gobert, it was barbecue chicken. So that's my only concern when it comes to Minnesota. I think it, it, it could work in the regular season, but come postseason time, when teams can schematically, you know, game plan for you on a seven-game series, that's my only holdup for Minnesota. You guys think so? Um, remark on that. My only, my only drawback on that would be the the requisite help that he has in Minnesota as far as the length defensively. 
uh, from guys like Vanderbilt, Beasley, other other guys like that, and obviously Towns that hoped that he would have uh, to cover up some of his uh, some of his lapses that he would get getting caught up in the switches. That would be a much different situation than it would than have this situation in Utah. Uh, this this Minnesota d- d- defense, like the, the the way that they defend and, and how physical they are, they they have some they have certain pieces and certain ways to uh, they that can. I don't. I don't can almost fill the whole fill fill the holes and the weaknesses in your game. So I do believe him playing with this defensive set and this 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 particular team is gonna is gonna help that a lot. What yeah, do you think? I um, I actually think um, I agree with you, Sebi. Um, I think Utah trade uh, only because I don't like. Yes, Minnesota is gonna be better. Yes, they're going to be um, a dangerous force in the paint. But are they going to win a championship? That's that's the bottom line. No, right. they're not winning the championship. They're not even going to be in the West. Like, they, they won't even be in the Western Conference Finals. So, um, to mm-hmm. me, you know, basically selling your future for a top, you know, probably a top four or five in the Western Conference and never seeing even the Western Conference Finals um, isn't winning the trade. Yes, it'll be fun. Yes, it'll um, keep people in the stands. But my, in my opinion, it's always, are you going to win a championship? And they're not. Right. They're not. Nobody, um, I, I, you would think that they could go out and get a free agent, but Minnesota struggles with the same thing that we struggle with here. Nobody wants to go to Minnesota. I, no, no one wants to go to Minnesota to play basketball. It's cold. It's in the middle of nowhere. Um, it, it, the market's not really, you know, popping up there. It's just not a uh, attractive destination at all. So that worries me a little bit. That worries me a little bit um, to the point where I do think Utah won this trade. Yeah, and 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 well, I I do think this. I am a big Anthony Edwards fan. I think Anthony Edwards can be and is that dude he has that dog he has all of the things that you want a franchise player to be i think minnesota that's their only hope if if when they turn the keys to the franchise from carl anthony towns to ant-man because i think he's that guy you saw it in game one his first playoff game going off for 36 they stole a game in memphis i think he's that type of dude if he turns out to be who i think he can be then perhaps, you know, they, they may have something. But uh, just to agree with what Adam said, like, they're not winning a title. They're not winning a title with this trade. And I fear that they just gave up their whole future for a guy that is, yes, a three, three-time three defensive player of the year, but he's not, you know, staff or he's not transcendent where he completely shifts, you know, the whole, okay, you we gotta worry about them like come playoff times, I think, if that makes sense. Hmm. I agree. Hundred percent. Yeah, definitely there for sure. There was other trades and other big marquee moves that happened in free agency. Um, a guy that's not far from you, DeJounte Murray. We talked about this last week, Mike and I. Um, DeJounte Murray to Atlanta. What 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 what's what are you what's your thought process on that? And what do you think the possibilities of Atlanta making noise in the Eastern Conference? Um, I'm a Trey Young guy. Um, little backstory on that. Trey Young was my first interview, um, as a journalist, uh, back in his ninth grade year. 
and I was his first interview as an athlete. So wow. he and I kind of got a cool little connection. Um, and I like him. You know, he obviously has his defensive shortcomings, but I think he's one hell of a scorer. Yeah. I think pairing him with DeJounte Murray, who is probably the most under, in my opinion, along with Shea, one of the like top three most underrated players in this league. Agreed. Yep. Yeah. I am wondering how it's going to work because they're uh, just like Josh Giddy and Shea, they're both point guards. They're both straight up point guards. Um, I think that Trey would be more willing to shoot, obviously. Um, but it does worry me a little bit because they're kind of the same guy. Um, but I'm excited to see it. It will be exciting. I just need to see it. I, I, I never imagined those two being paired together. So it's kind of hard for me to analyze it. I'm going to have to yeah. just see it. Your thoughts, Mike? Yeah, the, 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 that's the biggest key with me. I'm not saying it won't work, but I, I do have to see it to believe it because you have two ball-dominant guys that need the ball in their hands. The, um, does John take a play off ball a bit, but is he um, – is he going to be able to uh, hold that mantle and actually and actually do it in Atlanta? Now I do believe where the, where there are some positivities is that he, like like Adam was talking, um, Dejounte does is going to be able to take off take off uh, that pressure from trade defensively on the perimeter, so that is a plus for the Hawks. But um, that's my biggest question offensively is how they're going to mesh. I, I I do have to see it to believe it that that these two guys who um gen- genuinely need the ball in their hands are going to mesh. Uh, well, obviously, you guys, I, I I like this 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 one I like. Um, I I think first off and foremost, I agree with what Adam said. Very underappreciated. Dejounte Murray led the league in steals last year, um, and yes, Atlanta needed wing defenders, and none other, if not one of the best ones, uh, absolutely probably the best young one in the league, and Dejounte Murray uh, there for sure. And I think what I like about this the most is that. DeJounte Murray is a point guard, and I now get to see Trey Young off ball. That that was one of the questions. Yeah. I didn't think that he could play. Can he play off ball? Because we always see him last year in the postseason, you know, the, the Heat just, you know, game plan on him because he, he was the one that always had the ball in his hand on top of the key. So I, I want to see how or, or what Atlanta coaching staff does this year to free him up, kind of like Steph, because I, I think I'm not saying he's Steph, but his games is similar. I think that he has the ability to come off screens, come off flares, come off pin downs, elevator action, you know, uh, to get him free off ball with DeJounte Murray running point. I, I want to see if Atlanta can can come create, make some creativity with their offense on that. So that's why I like this trade. I, I think Atlanta, if they can keep John Collins too, they 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 can really really be to me I think a, a no no less than a five or six seed in the Eastern Conference next year. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, once again, I've got to see it. I've got to see it. Yep, definitely, definitely there for sure. Obviously, I, we had to talk about this former guy from Oklahoma City Thunder, the franchise leader in wow. scoring, Kevin Durant. You're a guy that you know better than all of us. Adam, what, what's going on with Katie? What's going on with, with the Durantula, easy money sniper, whatever you want to call him? You talk to us. What's going on with all that? We, the issue is, look, look, look. Let me backtrack just a little bit. I don't like the way he left OKC 
but I have nothing personal against him. I really don't. But what I have discovered um, based on this recent trade request is that Kevin Durant is just he he he's not an alpha, he's a beta, which is fine, but he's just a beta. Um, he's probably the greatest beta to ever do it, but he is a beta. And I think we keep trying to hold him to that, like, almost like a GOAT standard. Like, we want him to be a Kobe or a LeBron or a Mike. And I'm honestly, I'm not even going to put LeBron in that. But I, that's my personal thing. Um, but he's not. He, 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 he has to play with another superstar, another two superstars. He's, he realizes that he cannot be the guy. He can't be the number one guy. Um, he may be the best guy on the team. He may be the most talented, but that does not mean that you're the number one guy. Um, in Golden State, he was, he was probably the best guy. Uh, he was the best player on that team, right? Yeah. But the, number yeah. One guy, the number one guy was Steph. Right. So, um, you know, him wanting to go to Miami, number one seed in the East, or Phoenix, number one seed in the West, Proves to me that he he's he's realized that he can't do it. When he needs help. I don't have a problem with that. I really don't. Um, that's just who he is. Um, interesting there. Uh, I I think to me, Kevin Durant is a top fifteen player of all time. I think he. There's no question about that to me in my mind. Um, his his legacy cemented. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that. It is in jeopardy, though, because can we definitively say 15 years in now, because he's, he's 15 years in the league, can we definitively say that Kevin Durant can lead a, a champ, can can lead a team, can lead a team to a title? We know we know he can do that, but can he lead? Like, for instance, you know, can he lead a Oklahoma City, which he hasn't done? Can he lead a a, a Nets team? I, I don't think that he, he can do that. I think Kevin Durant needs another top 75 player on his team, a la Steph Curry. I think he needs a Kyrie Irving, I, 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 although he didn't get the top 75 uh, list name. Um, I think he needs another Batman to him. Yeah. I, I just don't know if, if Kevin Durant is that guy in that sense. I know he's that dude, but I don't know if he can be the only guy that can win you a title on your team, if that makes sense. Um, do you mind if I throw something out? Go ahead. Um, is Kevin Durant the greatest Robin of all time? Is that just what he is? Like, is he just the greatest Robin of all time? That that might be. Wow. Wow. I got to think about that, Mike. I was thinking about that the other day, and I was like, man, I just don't think, like, you think Jordan and Pippen. You think Shaq and Kobe. You think um, Steph and Clay, um, Kevin Durant, KD and Russ. Russ was the alpha of that team. He was not the best player, but he was the alpha of that team. Um, and yeah, I just got to thinking, is Kevin Durant just really a Robin with with Batman skills? Mm. I say a Robin mentality, you know, but yeah. the, like you said, it, it goes back to the mentality. 
one of the Kevin Durant's biggest problems is that uh, well, I want to say problem, but one of the biggest things that 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 gets on my nerves about KD sometimes is the fact that he's seeking validation from the outside about how great he is too much, and then when he seeks that validation and tries to um tries to tries to let everybody know how great he is, it's it's it seems like it's it's not genuine, and I'm like, yo, what's going on? Because we all know how great you are, we know you're a tough. Forget top fifteen, you're a top ten talent all the time. Is the when we watch Kevin Durant, we it's hard. It's hard for people who watch the game and watch him play and say, "Yo, this guy literally should be in the top ten of all time already." But it's certain things like obviously going to Golden State, how he went to Golden State, and then uh, situations where, um. Like you said, we haven't seen him lead a team. We haven't seen him win a title yet outside of Steph. Now, I do believe – I do think he can be – I do believe he can be a, um, the best player on the championship team and lead a team. We haven't um We haven't seen seen him, like, outside of the Golden State. We haven't seen him do it yet. But I do believe he has the potential to do it. There's been some rough breaks and uh, some, some situations outside of uh, – ever since Golden State that haven't gone in his favor as far as the team is concerned. So – but I do believe uh, in a certain situation and a certain co- uh, chemistry and cohesion on the team, he can be the best player on the championship team and lead the team for sure. What 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 is it though? Because I think it's not lack of aggression or he doesn't have the it mentality. I think he does have the mentality. We saw that he going toe to toe with with LeBron James, obviously with, with obviously with the Warriors. But you know, going into Cleveland in Game Three and hitting the shots of the shots. This guy's a killer. We know he has that. So so, what is it? Why can't he be Batman? Why why like you know, Adam is saying is is he arguably the the best Robin we've ever seen? Like what why why can't he be that? Why is that? So I just think it's exactly what I mentioned. You know, I to be a Batman, you got to have a certain mentality. Um, our expectations. Well, hold on, Kevin Durant's a real. He's a real um, tough topic, kind of a unicorn when it comes to this because, again, he has Batman skills, so we want to hold him to that standard. But being a Batman is half skill, half mindset, and he doesn't have the mindset aspect of that. His mindset fits a Robin. Um, you know, I, I, I really can't get off that. Um, I really can't get off that aspect i i just don't think he has the mindset i think it's a hundred percent mindset he doesn't go out there every game and think i'm better than everybody out here can't nobody hold me i'm about to go for 65 like he he doesn't have that mindset um and go for 65 going into every game like yeah you know i don't know what my teammates wrong but i'm going for 65 tonight right right see adam i i i Here's the thing, to, to 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 build off what you just said, I believe he does have that mindset. The problem is when someone challenges that mindset or when that adversity strikes, all of a sudden that that response to that adversity is not there. Oh, and yeah. that's the problem like because that. you saw him coming off come, coming into this last season, come after that after the performances that he had against Milwaukee in the second round. Yes, he lost, but we know where he stood as far as, you know, what he did in the playoffs and how, how great he was against the Bucks. Coming into this season, you saw a certain confidence in his game and his step. You saw him talking trash to players throughout the regular season. You saw a different, uh, a certain, a certain kind of, I'm the best player in the world. This is who I am. 
when Boston hit, when that game, when that series hit against Boston, you saw no response to the adversity when someone got in your face, when someone smacked you in the mouth, yeah. when someone got physical with you. And yeah. that's my problem with KD. Yeah. When when the adversity yeah. does strike, when someone does get you in the mouth, you don't respond in the way that the best player in the world is supposed to respond, and that's right. the problem. Yeah, we, we've seen we've seen you know Kobe Bryant lose finals, but Kobe ain't going out like that. Yeah, Kobe, come on, man. Kobe, Kobe, Kobe Bean ain't going out like that. You know what I'm saying? MJ ain't going out like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, LeBron, Allah, you know, if he's not playing this, you know, the Warriors or or with the with obviously KD, he's not going out like that. Like there's 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 levels to this, and Kevin Durant is on that level. He's not supposed to be performing like that. I I, I agree with you. Yeah, that's that's my biggest my biggest key with him is that response when someone does get in your face and someone does make it uncomfortable for you. That's that that's my problem with him is him not responding like the greats that we've seen in the past. From from popular opinion on that, um, kind of off topic, not really off topic, but my um, what so what um, made me initially um, pushed KD out of my top five based on this year. And I'm actually about to release that on the Swall Report. Um, is me watching Jason Tatum completely, like, like discombobulate KD. Like, Kevin could not do nothing. He couldn't get anything going um, with Jason Tatum as his primary defender, which is why Jason's number five on my list right now. Um, Despite what happened in the finals, he got there. Um, KD did not, and KD didn't get there because of Jason Tatum. It wasn't because of the defensive player of the year. It wasn't because of anybody else. It wasn't because of um, – what's the big man out there in Boston? Robert Williams. Robert Williams. Robert Williams. It's not so much because of him, even uh, even though he was outstanding. I want to emphasize that. Grant Williams and the rest too. Yep. Yeah. It was It was because of Jason Tatum shutting down a guy that everyone going into that series was saying was the best player in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So um, not only did that series kind of um, kind of speaks to the, um, how he reacts to, to, um, to um, adversity. Yep. That point. Right. And to me, that's what pushed Jason Tatum up from where I had him like seven, eight to like four or five. That right there. He, I didn't have to see nothing else mm-hmm. <laughs> personally. Mm. Okay. Definitely, definitely there for sure. From obviously one of Adam's good guys to Michael Gray's favorite guy, and that's Kyrie Irving. We got to talk about him because we know how, how, how good Mike loves him, some Kyrie Irving, Uncle Drew, but he, he he hasn't had the, the 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 best reputation when you talk about around the league, Mike. So I I, I want to know what's up with Kyrie, where you think he's heading, um, is there really a market for him? We're we're hearing only the Lakers, but there's a lot of executives saying there's not really a market out there for Kyrie. What, what what's going on with your boy? I'm not too sure. I mean, uh, everything has changed, but by the day you're starting to get updated information, everything is starting to shift. Over time, uh, just last week, it seemed like all signs were leading to him going going to L.A. Uh, the package is there for him and, and everything. But the problem is 
the Brooklyn Nets are trying to get rid of Joe Harris's contract as well and get him out there to L.A. with him. But the Lakers do not want to take on that $18 million a year contract with Joe Harris. So right now, it's starting to look like Kyrie to the Lakers might not be a go, but you never know. But if Kyrie to the Lakers isn't a go, I don't really know if there's much of a play for him. And to be honest with you, I'm, over time, I, I don't know, man. I, this is starting – this is getting dicey because – there's been teams sparking interest in him, obviously, because of how talented he is on the court. But like you said, the market for him and what what what, what teams are, are willing to give up for him, they just don't want to bank on that on that on that possibility. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't I don't know if if, if it's a possible if it, if it go to the Lakers anymore, they would have to work out a different package deal or get a different uh, uh, trade in there. Been you know outside of Joe Harris, maybe Seth Curry because he has a a cheaper contract. He's a little bit he's a little bit more expendable. But him to the Lakers right now doesn't look like a go. And and if since him to the Lakers doesn't look like a go as of right now, I don't know if they if they can even move him. Mm. The the best availability is availability, and that's something that Kyrie Irving cannot really be trusted on that. And and I wanted to get your thoughts on that, uh, Adam. I actually agree. Um, with Mike, like a hundred percent. Um, I've not, you know, I, I respect Kyrie's um, talent, but you gotta come to work, man. Like, you gotta come to work. Um, I wish I had the option to like decide when I'm gonna go to work and when I'm not gonna go to work, get paid top dollar, um, and still be put in the best position. Um, that's, that's my biggest thing. And if I was a GM, I'm I'm, like, if I was a GM and, um, you're asking me to trade all these valuable pieces of guys that show up every day and are productive on the court every day Mm -hmm. for a guy that's more productive, but doesn't show up, I'm probably not going to do that. I'm I'm, going to riot out with those guys who, you know, may not be as quite as talented, not far off, but you know, not quite as talented and show up every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I'm always going to go with consistency over talent because um, I'm go ahead and throw this Kevin Durant quote out there. Hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. Mm. That's, that's one of KD's original quotes. Yep. Um, from when he first got into the league. And I, I, I use that every day of my life. Um, and I think that's a real um, relatable statement right. Kyrie right now. You got to show up. Um, I respect him and the stances that he makes. Um, I, I really do respect him for a lot of his thoughts. Um, but sometimes I think he just takes a, a, a little bit too far, takes a little bit too far. Um, and, you know, at a certain point, you have to do your job. Like, you're going to have to do your job. Well, that, that brings up. The, the conversation now, Kyrie Irving is expected to get $36 million this year. Yeah. An expiring contract. I'm, I'm putting you guys in an executive hat here. Wherever, wherever he goes or wherever he lands, would you guys sign him to a max deal? That's the other question that pops up. I want to get your takes on that. Me personally, no. I mean, quick answer, no. I, I can't... I, I'm not going to sign you to a max deal when... You haven't played a full season in how long? But he's never played a full season. Exactly. Like, I can't – if you're not going to show up, um, if you're injury prone, that's one thing. Like, 
if you're just constantly getting hurt, but when you're um, healthy, you are, you know, balling out, you're there every day, you're a great teammate, then I would be more apt to being like, you know, I trust my training staff, let's sign to this max deal. But if you're a relatively healthy player like he is, I mean, he's he's had injuries, but he, you know, relatively, he's a healthy guy. Yeah. Um, but you just like decide you, you just randomly go through these periods where you're like, oh, you know, I'm not going to play because of it. No, man. No, I, I can't give you top dollar for that. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I don't know how you feel about this, Mike, but um, I, I'm pretty sure you don't agree. But um, somebody said this. And I thought about it and I was kind of like, damn, that 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 ain't that he may be right. He said Kyrie Irving is nothing but Jamal Crawford that hit a big shot in the championship game. And it mm. got thinking. Ooh, okay. That's that's um, tough. That's tough. I, that's, I wouldn't that, go that far, but that's tough. Yeah, ahead, yeah. Mike. You 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 good, Sebby, or I'm good. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, all right, so okay. I was I was with you up until that point, Adam. I actually agree with what you said. the 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 um the Jamal Crawford thing is a little dicey because I don't believe Jamal Crawford took it to the level that Kyrie took it. Now, when you're talking about, I I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that Jamal Crawford loved the role that he played in, and he excelled in that role. And we know I I do agree as far as their game styles, bringing that street ball game and that actually uh uh style of play to the game. And um, but I don't believe that Jamal Crawford took it to the level that Kyrie has taken it to. Kyrie is damn near on superstar level. I don't believe we've gotten to the point where we saw Jamal Crawford at this level, superstar status, uh, mm-hmm. coming to that point. But I, but as far as game play styles and game styles, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I mean, the styles are very similar. There's not much um that Kyrie can do on the court that Jamal Crawford can't do. So their state, their play styles are very similar. But um. Uh, to address the first the first part of your point, I wouldn't sign him to a a long term max deal, but I would sign him to a minimum I would say three uh, a, a two or three year deal, because in a situation like this where you already have the the expiring contract, you already owe thirty six point five mil this year. I don't see a situation where he plays for the Brooklyn Nets at all this year, even if he is for some reason for somehow and they can't find a package still on the team. That's going to be hard to to play this man. It's going to be very hard because, first of all, the Brooklyn Nets don't want him. They've already expressed that they don't want him. And you can't have him come into a situation where the, all the focus is on Kyrie Irving this year. And I don't, I, don't like, I don't like him being in that situation. So I would, I would be shocked if he isn't moved before the season's over. I just don't know who would, who would take him. But I wouldn't sign him to a long-term five-year deal. I would sign him the longest I would sign him to right now going into with that contract is probably two or three. Two or three year deal, but with incentives though, because he is, he is still a, a top player. Definitely, definitely there for sure. Other other key moves that that you guys like um, during this free agency is pr- getting pretty dull. The first two three days, <laughs> we, we we had like you know fireworks and all this and that. Like Woj bombs has kind of been kind of dull lately. But tell me a couple things that you think we should keep an eye on um, as as we kind of close down uh, free agency market. Go ahead, Adam. Oh uh, man, I actually don't. I, I'm drawing a blank on this one. We really don't know with the NBA. <laughs> you know, like, I, I really don't know. I was thinking about that earlier, and I was like, I, I don't, 
I, I don't know what could be next. I'm interested to see. It's not so much the free agent market, but I um, really am interested to see what the Lakers end up um, doing as far as addressing their shooting woes. Mm -hmm. um, are they going to keep Russ? Are they going to trade him off? Are they going to basically swap he and Kyrie? Like, what's going to happen with that situation? That's really my only big question. Um, other than that, man, I'm kind of drawing a blank on that. Yeah, it's certain it's certain moves so far that you know, like you said, it's, it's been very dry these past couple of weeks. I I was very intrigued to see where T.J. Warren was going to go. I was I I was scared that he was going to the Warriors. I'd have been like, oh boy, they don't want T.J. Warren to go to the Warriors because they look like they were on him. But him going to the Nets, that's a that's a solid uh, spot uh, for him. I like Andre Drummond with the Bulls. He's a solid big man for them. Uh, being able to being able to do what he does, and it seems like the Bulls are rallying up. I like what the Bucks did in re-signing Serge Ibaka. Uh, the, the, that's really the only news this week that really uh, stood out to me so far. It does, like you said, it's been a pretty slow week compared to obviously the first couple of days, but the, those those moves stand out to me. Definitely. I do have a question for Adam though. What's up, Adam? What do you think about Zion's uh, five year max extension? Mm, that is a good one. I don't like it. Okay. Um, he's he's proven when he's healthy, he's a top. Top ten player in the league when he's healthy, maybe even better than that. But he's 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 never healthy. Um, the NBA to me, um, with a lot of these deals recently, just proves that you you really just have to have one good year that you show. Brunson <laughs> as a prime example, he didn't even have a good year. He had a good second half of his uh, second half of the year, and you see what he just got. So right. really, um, with the NBA, you got to show potential. You got to show potential, and you got to have, or well, sorry, and or you have to have one really good year. And like <laughs> generational. Yeah, no, no, you, you, facts, facts. <laughs> he, couldn't, he couldn't hit it right on the dot better than that. I 100% I agree with you. I 100% agree with you um, uh, with that. But, I, I mean, I, I, I just think that I don't like it either, but coming from a standpoint of where the Pelicans are, they did, really didn't have any choice. Like, I mean, you're, you're not going to trade Zion. Like, you gave up a lot for Anthony Davis to even have the assets to get him number one overall. Mm -hmm. So, you know, th th you're kind of like stuck. You, you, you had to pay him. Obviously, the best ability is availability, and that's been a question mark. But to me, I, I think this is on Zion, personally. You know, do you want to be labeled as Charles Barkley? Do you, do you want to be coming in 300 pounds, not in shape, or do you want to come at 250 and still have that same size on you, but more athletic, more agile? We know how a demon you can be around the paint. I think this comes down to, you know, Zion Williamson himself, you know, just talking to himself and be like, hey, look, I got to be better. I got to come in shape. You know, Joel Embiid early on in his years had the same issue coming out of shape. And then with Joel, it was, the, it was always a thing, a back, the hip, the leg injury. Now you've seen Joel get a dietitian guy, get some guy that's helping him out, um, doing some cardios. Like it's gonna come down to Zion to me saying to himself, like, yo, I gotta come better in shape. I, I gotta be more agile because at the end of the day, when we talk about the Pelicans, I am the Pelicans. When you talk about New Orleans, <laughs> the first person you think about is Zion. So 
I think he's just got to take initiative on himself. He's just got to be better. And that starts with a better attrition on his end. I do believe that um, the uh, watching CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram, and some of the young studs on this team, like see shine and stuff like that, I do believe that's going to give him added motivation to keep cooking and keep doing this thing in the offseason. Because I, I have the – as crazy as it might sound, y'all, I have the, the most faith in Zion. I really do. Because outside of injuries, you got to understand, outside of injuries, you, you, I, I really – his work ethic is strong. If you really watch him in the offseason working out, he actually has a very solid work ethic, and you can tell he loves the game. That year when he did play, even though it was one year, Adam, I know. I know it was one year, but that one year, like you said it, man, he was very special, and he and you he you showed he showed why he was a top pick and why he why he why he deserves a contract like this, you know, if he's healthy. So, I don't know, man. I have the utmost faith in Zion. I was a I was a Zion doubter before that second season, but after that second season, he kind of shut me up, man. I'm not gonna lie. I agree. Um, <laughs> I do agree. I just think this is either gonna be um, the best example of betting on yourself, as in the um, Harold's betting on, you know, Zion, or it's going to end up being one of the worst contracts ever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think one of the two has to come in with the mentality as, I, you know, he, he wasn't really invested either. There was talks he wanted out, he wanted to go to New York, he wanted this and that. Everybody I think last York. year with that little run <laughs> that they had in the playoffs kind of changed his mind. So yeah. I, I'm rooting for the brother to because yeah. I like the kid. I, I think he could be a star. He's a good okay. kid. Also, Sebby, hats off to your Boston subjects, too. That was a big pickup in acquiring Malcolm Brogdon. Huge pickup. Oh, Huge come pick on, up. man. Come on, now. You know, you, know, you, you know the league in trouble, especially these things. <laughs> don't, don't get me started, man. Come on. <laughs> that That's the kicker right there to me for y'all. I love that pickup. Yeah, definitely, definitely, there for sure. Uh, now we just got to just hope that, uh, you know, everybody stays healthy and, um, you know, Try to try to run it back. That's 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 our that's the goal. I think they will. Definitely, definitely, that for sure. Any last thought, fellas? Um, before we wrap up for the night. Uh, nothing for me. I'm sitting here uh watching OKC whoop Utah 33 to 12 in the second quarter, and Shet Holmgren had 13 in the first quarter. Oh wow! <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> I love I love that brother. Here's love here's a question. Here's a question. Can he be the unicorn that that was? Yes. Can can he be can he be Chris Stapps Porzingis? Because remember, Chris Stapps in New York, everybody bashed uh, Phil Jackson for the for the pick. Like, who who is this Latvian? What? Well, you said who Chris Stapps? Huh? Chris what? So and then he the fans in New York loved him. He was a fan favorite in MSG. So can he be that? Because we know what Kristaps was before he got hurt. Can he be Kristaps Porzingis? Because I think Kristaps Porzingis was a double-double machine, 20 and 10 guy, before the injuries and, and all the stuff that happened in Dallas. Obviously, that ate him to get traded to Dallas. But can he be that guy? Because I think if he's a healthier version than Kristaps Porzingis and a much better rim-protecting guy, you might have something. I, I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, I think... To me, I think he's. To me, I think he's better than Kristaps. Um, I was a big Porzingis fan, so don't get me wrong here. I actually really, really liked him um, before all, all the injuries, you know, hit. 
Um, but I think he has more to his game than Porzingis has, and I think his game is more polished mm. off the bat. Like, mm. I think he's about to enter the league this year and be a, a, a very, very, like, very good player. Um, I don't want to jump the gun and say anything crazy, but I really think he's going to uh, su- uh, surprise a lot of people. Wouldn't be surprised if he won rookie of the year because uh, I think he's in a really good position to do so because uh, he's uh, surrounded by a whole lot of um, young, talented guys. And I think the Thunder will be better than what um, they've been in the last couple of years. So uh, he'll get more attention this year based on the team being better alone. Uh, but I think his ability to block shots at such a high rate, um, the way he runs the floor, I just saw him run a fast break and I've not seen, I've, I, I have not seen a seven foot one, seven foot two guy run the floor as seamlessly as he just did while going coast to coast uh, behind his back, between his legs, all in this. I mean, he, he did all that on the fast break just now. And finish yeah. it, you know, like I, I, I don't think I've seen anybody really do that um, outside of Kevin Durant, but he's not as tall as he is. Yeah, I, I think what separates him and Kristaps is is, is the ball handling skills. He yeah. could, he could, he could dribble. He, yeah, he could facilitate. Uh, Mike, what do you think about that? Because you know now Kristaps is in DC. So, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. His, his, his it's his confidence for me. He has more confidence than what Chris. That Kristaps was nice. Don't get me wrong, but. The Chet Holmgren, I saw a video of him at Steph Curry's camp blocking Steph Curry and talking trash to him and getting a bucket on him. I saw a clip, I watched a clip of him on the uninterrupted getting interviewed by some OGs uh, in the game and just hearing him talk, hearing his demeanor, hearing his, his aura and, and just how he carries himself. You could tell his confidence is what's going to take him far. Than what he had, Like I said, he has all the skill sets. He has the, the game, but his confidence and his mentality is going to take him further than uh, they will, what some people may expect. Definitely. Definitely there for sure. No doubt about that. That wraps it up for us tonight, man. Um, for myself, my ride partner, Michael Gray. Pleasure to have you back on, uh, Adam. Um, talking Thunder sports and, 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 and always talking about hoops when it comes to all things Oklahoma City. But before you leave, obviously, tell some of our listeners and our viewers here on our platform where they can find you if they want to be connected with you on your end. For sure. Well, first of all, y'all should want to be connected with me on uh, social media. I'm a great follow. but uh, <laughs> He is, he is. <laughs> no, nah, but um, on Twitter, it's just um, at Adam Francisco. That's A-D-D-A-M. I got two Ds in my name and then Francisco. Same way you spell San Francisco. Um, no spaces, no underscores, just Adam Francisco on Twitter. That's where you're going to see more of my just traditional journalism. Um, I, I post a lot of stories on there, um, a lot of live tweeting of games and stuff like that. Um, a lot and then um, Suave Report. Um, it's my Instagram. It's just suave.report. Um, that's where you're going to see more NBA fashion, more NBA culture, uh, more of my, like, you know, reels and videos um, post-game. Uh, but yeah, that's really uh, where you're going to find me most on social media, or you could always just um, check out the suave report.com. Uh, that's where all my work's going to be. That's where everything's going to be. Nice. No doubt. No doubt about that. That wraps us up for today. 
myself, my rap partner, Michael Gray. We want to see you guys till next week. We want to say so long for you guys until next time. Peace and love, everybody. Hey, everyone. We're excited just as much as you guys tonight if you enjoyed this show. And frankly, even some of our other episodes as well. If you want to show your appreciation for the show, ensure that you leave us a rating and a review in our iTunes and Spotify. And remember, you can stay locked in here and connected. Sebupodcast.info link for the latest news, articles, interviews, and much more. And remember, wherever you're listening on air or online, the Sebu Podcast is wherever you go.